to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Listen, guys, I get a lot of criticism because very often I say this is a very special episode of Margin Call. And, you know, I'm, I always mean it when I say it because we have great guests and I'm really excited about our conversations. But seriously, actually, this time I am not exaggerating. This is a very, very special episode of Margin Call because... Drum roll, everybody. Drum roll, drum roll. This is Margin Call's 100th episode. Are you as surprised as we are that the, the ship has not sunk yet? And we've been... <laughs> wow, that's... And I get called negative all the damn time. Listen, that's, I can be pessimistic as long as it's funny. That's interesting. If that's, it's funny... Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. It needs to be hilarious. Keep going, okay. It needs to be hilarious if you're going to be okay. pessimistic. No, I mean, it is It is a wonderful surprise to me for many reasons. Here's one reason I think it's a surprise. Actually, 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 hum, wait, is it recording? Yes, it's, sorry, go ahead, sorry. I'm sorry. Ooh, even on our 100th episode. <laughs> it's, we, we don't use Zoom that often, you're man. Right, we don't use Cut Zoom. me some slack. I'm cutting you some slack. Okay, well, right. that, my next thing was going to be bloopers. I was like, why couldn't we have a blooper reel? You know, uh, but I'll just say this. The reason it is surprising, like 100 really crept up because these are fun. You know, like if you told me like, oh, you've, you've been in school for 100 days or like you've been at this job for five years. I'd be like, oh, God, it feels like 20 years, you know, or like, oh, school sucks. 100 days. How many more are left? But this one's just like, oh, tight. Like, you know what I mean? I think this is part of Einstein's theory of relativity is if, uh, if you're doing something you like, time flies. You know what I mean? Is that Einstein? Did Einstein say that? Time flies when you're having fun. I think I think he may not have used those words. I'm I think, like, uh, I don't think so. I think what Einstein said was, you know, if you're with a pretty girl, you know, an hour feels like five minutes. And if you're doing something else, an hour feels like five hours. The way that we experience time is different. Anyway, the reason I say that is because recording margin call with you, Eming, is just like a very fun, like thing that we do together oh, so. i'm the pretty girl in the scenario oh i thought you were <laughs> um well i am the pretty girl and, and i'm einstein <laughs> okay so, yeah. fair enough so just in case you're wondering I'm fair enough and I'm that's okay i get it it's just so pleasant you know like we get together and once a week hopefully in good times usually, usually. on average For once a week part. we get together and we hang out with somebody that we like and we learn something and we tell jokes and we go on tangents and then, you know, we put it so out there to the tangents. world. So many tangents, so many tangents. Uh, but the, I would argue that's probably part of the reason why it's so fun and why it's crept up on us. But it is true. Uh, all of our listeners. And, you know, this is a live episode. I mean, you may be streaming it right now or you might have like downloaded it three days from now. But for anybody who is listening live, we would love to hear from listeners. Feel free to call in. You don't have to say anything cool or interesting. You could even call and be like, oh, my God, 100 episodes. You guys suck. You know, we would welcome that call. We actually have a call. We have a call. Let's go. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Margin Call, the one and only Mr. Paul Billingsley. How you doing, Paul? 
Yeah, very good. Very good. So, Paul, I was just in the middle of explaining to people why this is so exciting. Obviously, this is our 100th episode. We're trying to get as many people have been on the show uh, to call in, share some memories, talk about Queston, talk about Kev, um, talk about the show. I'm glad you were the very first one to call in and talk. You've you've been on the show several times, several times, usually in your car, right? I think. Right. Most of the time you call it just so people if you're not watching this, just so you know, Paul's in his car right now. That's good because you found a place that you found a place that's quiet. <laughs> you're, you're a father, so it's probably pretty hard to find a place that's quiet. But welcome to the show, Paul. How you doing? Good, good, good. Good. What's what's uh, going on in Oakland today? Is it on fire? I don't know. I'm not in California anymore. So I, I just all I hear is that California's you know, just the whole state is burnt to the ground. His ass like, is everywhere, dude. Oh, my God. Like act, actually accumulating on like you go to your car and there's like a layer of ash in your car like is that yep bad? yeah it's deep my, my mom got uh forced to evacuate and um because she's up north she's in marin not too far from napa so she got all oh, right, right right you know she's like oh my god and her husband's old so he really can't do stuff so she's plus she's always you know how moms are paul mom's like yours and mine they're the ones doing everything anyway so she gets the whole house packed up and they she gets their passports and all by Bust the car, and then they got another message. Oh, sorry, that was a mistake. You don't have to. You don't have to back <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I was like, you can't do that to people, man. It's messed up. It reminds me. You remember in Hawaii when they sent that message to people? The government was like, "Oh, the nuclear missiles are in the air." Hawaii, like the world's about to end. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, psych." <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Paul, Paul, I'm trying to think of all the episodes you've been on. You did the homeschooling one most recently, which I loved. Um, because you said this gives us an opportunity to put James Baldwin and Malcolm X into our children's ears instead of the garbage they usually get. I quote you on that a lot, by the way. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I think this is a good opportunity to share any memories you have from the show, memories of Kev, because, you know, obviously we wouldn't be doing this without Kev, or just your thoughts on Queston or Margin Call. Like, what do you think? Are we doing a good job? Uh, I think we are doing a good job. I always think... Um, that our roots at PNS has given us this thing where we try to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, as far as technology, as far as music, as far as younger culture, popular culture. Um, so I think we've kind of carried that on in our own personal lives. You know what I'm saying? Because we could talk about things that are relevant in the world. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I know y'all have heard about this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When other people was like, Oh, I don't, know if they've heard about it or not they're, they're called squares paul they're called the yes. word is squares that's the word you're looking for squares <laughs> <laughs> it's true i mean that was the magic of pacific news service we were all weird in different ways everybody was weird who worked there period all right every, everybody was weird in a different way and you never had an editorial meeting where people were agreeing on things and no matter what we were talking about you got 10 15 20 different insights that was the magic of the place so you know we're trying to we're trying to stay weird i guess is what that's right we don't we don't have a mission statement yet but we should put that in there keep keep the news weird straight up although 2020 news has been pretty damn weird no matter who's no matter who's telling (laughs) man y'all boy got the rona bruh your boy does have the rona i just didn't see it coming you know i didn't see that coming either i didn't see it coming i said did you did you guys watch snl uh last night they did Jim, a good, said Jim Carrey was doing it. Jim Carrey came on. He looked just like Biden. It was it was crazy. <laughs> he had that big, crazy smile. Um, um, remember Fire Marshal Bill, though? Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> 
who could forget Fire Marshal Bill? He was, he was Joe Biden before there was Joe Biden. He was so fried. Right. He looked like Joe Biden, even though he's probably you know thirty years old. Right. Um, no, the joke that they had was Michael Che on Weekend Update did a joke about Trump, where he's like, "Hey, you know, I know a lot of people are saying like." You know, it's not it's not funny that, you know, it's like, say, you know, it doesn't matter what you think about Trump. Like, it's not funny that this guy has coronavirus. His life is in danger. He's like, you know, I hear you like, it, you know, it's not nice and you don't want. We're past to all that political. He said, but it is, this, this is Trump country. He was you like, say like, whatever you want. He said, mathematically, it's hilarious. Like, it's remove, hilarious. The, remove the morality from it. The person who's like making fun of people for wearing masks, getting corona. He's, his only criticism was it's a little too on the nose. He's like, <laughs> he's like, that's if I was making a joke about people who wear belts and then my pants fell down. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm telling you. No, seriously. Uh, it's wild times, man. Wild, wild. I did. As soon as somebody texts me here. Somebody texted me in the morning that shit when that shit happened. They were like, Trump got Karama. I texted them back like, there is a God. <laughs> nice. And she's yeah, laughing like, right yeah, now. She is cracking up. <laughs> like, God is like, got him. <laughs> right. <laughs> got him. Oh, hell, hold up. We have another caller. Paul, um, I want to let you know, very special guest, Erica Lewis, has, uh, <laughs> wants to find out how to call into the show. I know you guys have known each other for so long. <laughs> um, I'm going to give her the call-in info. You talk to me for a second. I'm going to send Eric to the info. Hold on. Hold on. How's I, it going, Paul? What's up, me? Why is that funny, by the way? I guess, man. <laughs> no, 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 are we guys just known each other a long time. You know, that's all. You know, have. just good memories. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Of course, nothing but nothing but good memories. I mean, if you spend that much time with anybody in close quarters, you're going to have a history. I mean, Paul. I mean, think about all the times you and me used to get into it, argue. You know, right? Was that time you tried to kiss me? Uh, that one I don't remember, but you are a very handsome man, and you know, I don't always, <laughs> I don't always have the most self control. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That one I literally Where's that story? I want to hear that. And I remember everything. I was <laughs> lying, you assholes falling oh. for the shit. <laughs> oh, you, you just made it up? Damn, Shucks. and I and I fell for it. Shucks. I went right into it. I was right hoping. In. I was hoping. <laughs> um, no, we had plenty of backs and, backs and forwards. We did. Well, you know, also, um, you, Paul, you and I kind of knew each other before the Beat Within or Pacific News Service because we were both in Walden House, R.I.P. Walden House. That's right. Uh, and by, while I'm on the subject, RIP 850. My God, 850 Bryant, San Francisco County Jail is closing down. It's like bye every bye. every institution I ever spent time in, every place that I cared about is now closing. It's like I don't recognize San Francisco anymore. No juvenile hall, no county jail. You know, like I guess it's I don't easy. know though. You know, it's, I was kind of torn about that though. You know, my, I I had some real like heartfelt questions when they were like, "Oh, it's closed." I'm like, "Well, what are they gonna do with all them kids?" <laughs> and they're like, "Nobody's there." I'm like, "Well, I feel that, but what about the new kids that are gonna fuck up? What are they gonna do with them?" <laughs> oh, you know what the real problem is? Like, this is actually a very serious and sad situation. I because I, I actually wrote something for the Chronicle about this, and all these kind of like lefty activist people got at me about it because I was like. Yo, you guys are celebrating like, oh, we closed down juvenile halls. Like, you can only do that because there's nobody there. And the only reason there's nobody there is because all the black people and all the brown people and all the poor people have been run out of San Francisco. Right. So if you don't have black, brown and poor people, that's who that's the only people who was at juvenile hall anyway. So the real. And a lot is- of people, a lot of people don't realize like the time me and you was getting in trouble, the, the Prop 21 shit, you couldn't get in trouble like we were getting in trouble after that. 
Yeah, you know what I'm true. saying? So it, it it was it was it's a very different thing. I know a lot of people that are still off the street today over some shit like 15 yeah. years ago. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, if you I got caught with a gun in 1997, right. like you're still locked up. No, right. Yeah. That's what I was tripping. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Because you know, you could go to juvenile hall like 38 times and nothing really happened to you. Right? Yeah, just, just you know, now you can't do that like that no more. Yeah. Although, I mean, there's been so many reforms. The criminal justice system is just as messed up as it always has been, just in a very different way, you know. And I think they, it, you know, you kind of do that to keep people on their heels. You know, you think like, oh, we made all this progress. Be like, oh, psych. You, you're going right. away for 30 years. <laughs> exactly. What are you going to say, Amy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have a call. Hey, we have a call. Let's go. Welcome. Welcome our caller. This is very exciting, by the way. Um, oh, head rep telling everybody your phone it's number. A it's a surprise. Oh, my God. <laughs> please, please, Paul. <laughs> Call 408. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is true that the phone number is up there, though. That is that is pretty funny. Okay, it's gone. Now. Although I think only we can see that. I don't think the people who are watching on Facebook can see it. Um, you, you can't see it in the recording when you record okay, it. Good. Good, good, good. Although now, let me write this down real quick. <laughs> this is the real number that she gave. You know, she gave me one of those Google phone numbers. We got call and get patched through first. <laughs> isn't that down the peninsula? Is that isn't that what that is? For, uh, San Jose, San Jose. San Jose. Yes, the San Jose number. Yeah. I know San Jose. I spent some time some time in Campbell. Shout out oh. to Campbell. Yeah, Campbell was uh, uh, was a sweet spot for a while. Um, all right, Erica Lewis, just to just to give us a little spoiler, is our caller. She's not connected yet, but I'll I'll give Erica Lewis a little bit of an introduction. She came to our office in a very magical way, Pacific News Service, right after 9-11. Remember that? Kev Kev grabbed her off the street because um No, Erica, no, Sandy. Was it Sandy? I thought it was Kev. No, it was Kevin because Kevin knew her from she was in youth together. Oh, then. so once she came in, Kev was like, I know you. Okay, well, I'm glad you're it was here. not it was not Kev and it oh was my not God. Andy. It was Karina Pooh. Oh, Karina Karina Pooh. Whatever. It wasn't Kev. Kev knew your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kev knew me, but it was Karina. Kev- I, I know her. I, the, so like Erica, the record it was Karina Pooh. Thank God we have fact checkers on this show because usually I'm just <laughs> telling stories with the wrong information. Nobody knows. I'm just, it's the new facts. I got, I got alternative facts, but Erica, first of all, welcome. Thank you for calling in. Uh, this is a real joy. Look at, look at, this is like a miniature youth outlook reunion. If you really think about it. Russell, I don't know why my video is not working. Beaming. You have to press the thing that says start video, dear. Oh my God, Paul. <laughs> oh, is that oh, what it- Flashback. I'm having a really intense flashback. Okay. Every time I get in a room with wrestling, I bring out all my characters. I know. I bring out all my characters. This is bad. It's very triggering for everyone. But he's got to keep us apart, I think. (laughs) Don't let these two, because we forget how to act. Um, Erica. That's my my privacy. Hold on, because I'm I'm a private. Whoa, your privacy is. You're a private person with your phone number on blast. Turn off your privacy. Because <laughs> it was Damn. not there, and now it's there. No, it mm. it it was there the whole time. It, it, that's why it won't allow me to put my um, camera on. Um, and that's not my phone number. Just okay. FYI. Okay. Cool. I don't want your uh, phone. Yeah, you're you're using like a Google <laughs> link. You know what I mean? You're routing it. Yeah, I don't know there. why it's not working. Oh well, we just gonna. Well, just 
Right. We might not have your beautiful face. If you face, want, I can send you the link, Erica, if that's easier. I think I sent her the link, the Zoom link. You did? Oh, Russell okay. sent it to me. I was okay, use the link. Then I have, don't use the phone. Use then the I have no idea what's wrong. <laughs> Sorry. But in any case, we do, you know, work with what you get. The show must go on. Erica knows that. She's a performer. The show must go on. Uh, Erica, welcome. I'm so glad that you're one of the first people to call in because you're one of the oldest crew members, really. If you look at the here, we've known each other. I mean, <laughs> I met you, let's think about it. I met you September 2001. I mean, oh, that is, that's, that's 19 years. Is that yeah. when we met Head Rep? Mm. Oh, can we just that's a long time people? ago? Can we just uh, <laughs> keep it keep it cordial, please? No, no, I remember we we interviewed Guapale together back in the day. Oh, ah, the memories. That's wow. true. Paul and Erica did interview. I Guapale. forgot about that. And then when I introduced the segment on Yo TV, I called her Guacamole. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> My cousin used to call her Chipotle. I used to be like, Chipotle. Y'all ain't right. Guacamole yeah, was great, man. Whatever happened to that whole subgenre of like neo soul, Oakland neo soul? I guess that's she's just... still around making music, making money. Good for her. I'll have to look her up. Good old. Let me Google Guacamole real quick. <laughs> Find out what she's yeah. you're wrong. But you're wrong. Shout out to Guacamole. Horrible. Very talented. You know what, Guacamole? Don't don't let these haters. I you there know we, we have a special relationship. Ah, see, right. I bet you after that interview, Guapale was like, oh my God, Erica, it was so nice to meet you. So cool. And then just looked at Paul like, ugh, get out of here. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you know I, don't, I, I don't remember that. I was worse back in the day too. Smell like weed and all shit. And, what, and you don't smell like weed anymore, Paul? Yeah, right? no, I got kids and shit. I gotta go pick up a school. Drop so off. so no. just edibles, only edibles then, just so you don't mm. smell like weed? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I don't want you to review. Take the fifth. Take the fifth. Take the don't, fifth. don't let him incriminate you. True. They could use this audio against you. Uh, Your Honor, uh, here's Mr. Billingsley acknowledging uh, having eaten edibles and taking Everybody knows all my shit. When you get caught, they know your business. That's true, man. I have to tell I have to tell all my clients, don't be on social media, especially not holding racks and stacks and all your bags of weed and throwing up gang signs because the police are also on the Internet. Um, Erica, we've spent we've pushed this story so far back, but now we know Karina was there. I, if you feel comfortable, I think the story of you coming to the Civic News Service is such a good example of like what that place was and what we did. Do you want to tell the story or is that a little too on blast? No, no, I'll tell the story. Um, so at that time, I I don't even know why I was in the city. Like I was probably going to Virgin Virgin Music Store because I'd love to spend lots of hours in there. Same here. Y'all remember here. that place? Shout out. All right. Virgin Mega Store right there. <laughs> Stockton and Market. I, I yeah. Spent- you know, $300 a month there on magazines and CDs back when you used to buy things like that. I would, I would spend an inordinate amount of time in there. I wouldn't spend money, but I would spend time. I would Bad listening. go Every, in now, but daylight and I would come everybody out. Everybody spent money on that shit back in the day. You spent something. On yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but more time than money, but for sure more time. I would go in and it would be light outside super early and I'd leave and it'd be nighttime. Because that's the type of music. You could fanatic, listen to right? a whole album. You could watch a movie. They had DVDs. You could listen to multiple. Oh, right. Albums. They did have the remember? fucking the upstairs shit with the they movie did. shit when the X Men yep. came out. They Nigga, did. you could go up there and watch it. 
Yeah. But my favorite shit was the um they would have like the decks of of music that you could listen to so you could press buttons and like listen to different music yep. like just just decks of music and I would just like go in there and just like listen just listen to everything. What yeah. because why not? Yeah, anyway. So that was probably the reason why I was there. Um at the time I was very devout Nation of Islam young woman had on my hijab, walking through the streets, minding my own business, living my wonderful little woman of color life. And this man came up to me, this was like maybe two, three days after 9-11. And he was like, fucking Muslim, you need to go back to your country. You need to, you need to go, you need to go back to your country. You need to go home. What are you doing here? Yeah, and I was open. like, uh, and I literally was like, I'm from here. Yeah. I was like, actually, where are you from, bro? Like, mm-hmm. where are you from? Because you don't sound like you're from here. And then at that point, like, he was so irate, like a crowd of people like ensued around us because he just was like, obviously hella stirred, obviously hella angry and just like yelling obscenities at me. And I just was like, do you see what the media creates? Like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm from here. And like, this man is treating me like, like a third class citizen. And so at a certain point, I guess like someone came to get him. I don't even remember who, but somebody came to get him and dragged him off. And he still was like yelling obscenities going towards a money exchange. And then Karina came out, the crowd kind of dissipated and she was like, Hey, Oh, are you okay? Like, do you, do you need some water or like, do you want to go upstairs? Um, she was like, I, I just really think you should sit down for a minute. And I was like, not even tripping. I was about to go on about my merry way. But she was like, here, why don't you come upstairs with me? And so I came upstairs and I saw Kevin, who I had known since I was in high school. And I was like, what's up? And then I saw Russell and I don't even remember like everybody else. I remember Russell was there. Paul, you might have been there. I don't know if you were there, though. Paul, I, I think time was living in the office, so he was most definitely there, unless he was <laughs> buying a, unless he was buying a pint of Hagen dazs across the street at the at the moment. And us and Cliff, <laughs> I think Cliff was there. And nah, this uh, was six sixty. Yeah, this Sandy was, was there. Sandy was there, and what was the nurse's name? I mean, not the nurse. Oh, the, the, the nun. T A. T A. Hated my motherfucking guts. Yeah, Yeah, T.A. was there. And so then, like, I sat down and I started chopping it up with Kev. And and he was like, that's a wild story, bro. Like, what just happened? You should write (laughs) about it. Homegirl? Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Sis, you should really write about that, sis. Man, homegirl, we need that. We need that. We need that. So we so really need that. He's right like, now. are you going to write something or what? And I was like, all right, uh, uh, let me just sit down real quick. And so then I, I wrote like this poem and then he posted it that day. And that was the beginning wow. of me starting at PNS. Wow. That, I mean, there are a lot of very honest ways to come in, come to Pacific news service, but that might be God, the, the realist. you know what I mean? Like, Honestly, a Muslim woman accosted on the street days after 9-11, uh, brought up into our office by Karina. Shout out to Karina, by the way, who... Yeah. Karina Poo and, Sir, and Sabrina. 
Karina Poo yes. coming through. Yes. Yeah. An absolute angel. You know, she yeah. was like, you know, probably four foot ten, maybe sixty-five <laughs> pounds. And she still found her way to you and brought you into our office. Well, I'm glad she did because you know, we got to get to know you and we did a lot of reporting together. We did uh, oh my God. We did the envir- so environmental ra- we did the environmental racism story together. Remember that? We went to yes. We went to HP with Josue. And we were just stabbing it out, listening to mm-hmm. Hella Nas. And that's when you guys figured out that like, there was more to me than just a head wrap. You were like, oh, shit. She knows oh a lot goodness. of like old school hip hop. Oh, yes. shit. <laughs> well, you know, there is like a, an assumption or a stereotype that like, you know, if you're in the nation, it's like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, certain kinds of music aren't compatible with that, you know, life or what belief system or whatever. And you were like, man, people you know, in the nation like, be bumping a scary X. What are you talking yeah, about? Well, like, yeah. You, you had the head wrap or you had the hijab on and you were like, turn that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> we're, very, we're very pleasantly surprised. That was a very bonding moment. I think that was the first time, you know, cause we were trying to, it's a new person. You don't want to make a bad impression. And you know, Sway is a you had already person. made multiple bad impressions. What are you talking That's about? That's probably true. That's probably, Probably true, but I thought, okay, wait, 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 wait. We don't do that here on the podcast. We're not. What? This is not back in the day. <laughs> We're true. not going to start airing out all the things that yeah. all of us have done. That could go on for a couple hours. We don't have that much time, unfortunately. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I would just say that I reporting was day, moving. that day that we went to Hunter's Point to report together, you, me, and Josue. It sounds like the beginning of a joke. It's like you know, um, a Catholic, a, a white Mexican Catholic, a Salvadoran uh, Christian. And, and a Muslim uh, black woman walking into a bar. And a black Muslim yeah. in the Islam exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. instead, we just we listened to Nas and we made some great content. So there, I mean, yeah. shout out to Pacific News Service. Where where else would the three of us be driving around? Right. Yeah. I think we got Michigan like that too. We got Michigan like that too. Somebody like was harassing Michigan on the street too. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. Oh yeah, they were. And me and Michigan bonded for, I remember, I remember that for a minute. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my God. Michigan, I remember because she was worked. she came to our office before 9 11, like right before. Right. Because she, she was yeah. starting her own shit. She was big. Yeah, she was her, starting she was her own, own public Afghan journal, baby. Building a community yeah. of like Afghan people, you know, in the East Bay. She and was then home. she wrote a story about sexual repression in uh, the Afghan American community. And that was our cover story for September, for the September issue, which came out before 9-11. Right. Yeah. Like, Shout out to like, fucking Mishgan, you motherfucker. Yeah, dude, Mishgan. Talk about being ahead of the curve. like, And also Kev for being an editor and saying like, hey, you know what? It'd be interesting to talk about, you know, like sexual politics in the Afghan community, like before anybody could even point to Afghanistan on a map. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then the next month we were using that as an excuse to invade their country. Not that, not that story in particular, but just that right. kind. Those ideas, right? Like like, these people are very repressive towards women, so let's bomb them into the Stone Age. (laughs) Like that's that's the solution. Nah, for real. That's true. Yeah, shout out to Michigan, wherever she is. I hope she's doing well. I know she got some beautiful babies. I saw Karina and Sabrina. Yeah, a lot of beautiful people in that. And um, speaking of, you know, I actually went to a Beat Within event recently. A Beat Within event? Did you go to a Beat Within event? Dave called me up. He's like, hey, bro, I'm sorry I didn't call you sooner, but we're having an event tomorrow. Will you read at it? You know, Tell that motherfucker he didn't call me. 
And I was, well, I will tell him that. I'll say, Paul said, tell that motherfucker. Yeah, we don't work there no more, right? We don't work uh, We have <laughs> Tom on the line. Oh, Tom Terpel. Tom Terpel. Tom Terpel. Congratulations Hell on yeah. the line. Tom just got Hold married. On. Hold on. He's Hell yeah. Tom just got me. Oh. Tom. Tom like, Terpel. I thought you had a 10. I said, what? Yeah. What's Tom. up, Tom Terpezi? Tom, can you hear us? Oh, we, can, we can't hear you. We can't hear we you, can man. Hear you, we can't hear you. Turn on your mic. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Classic. Press Classic the mic- Zoom. Press the, uh, press the microphone. Yeah, Paul, thanks for your uh, tech support. <laughs> you Sorry, this is my first time doing Zoom on my phone. So good, I don't even worry about it. Welcome, Tom. <laughs> Just for our listeners, let me give you an intro real quick. Tom Capel, another one of our long, long time colleagues. I want to say I met Tom in my very earliest days at Yo, 1999, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, Tom, I would say that. I have already been there. Tom went on to start his own publication, um, Sprawl, which was about suburban life, because Tom was, uh, you know, one of those one of those East Bay kids. Just stay on Bart for a long time, and you'll end up where, <laughs> where Tom was at. And he, you know, we did a lot of reporting together around uh, school shootings, because that was what was going. That was the beat at the time. There was Columbine, followed by a bunch of others, and there was people were wondering what's going on with suburban kids. Tom started his own magazine. Um, and carried it on for years and years. So welcome to the show, Tom. Before before I ask you anything, we have to say congratulations on getting married, man. Yeah, Thank buddy. You very much. Right. Oh, he's got the ring on. He's got Oh, yeah, totally. Nice. So, yeah. That's right. Cool. I'm glad you guys were able to do it in the midst of quarantine. Love sees no virus. You know what I mean? I'm glad you're able yeah. to with your lady. And you guys have a full Brady Bunch situation going on, I understand. It's like you, you used to have like nine kids. Now you got 23, something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roughly. there's five uh, between all of us here. Yeah. Can you see nice. Can you see everybody who's here? Can you see us? Mm-hmm. I just want to tell you who's on because I think it's a nice surprise for you. Oh, okay, yeah, tell me yeah. who's on. We got uh, E-Ming, of course, our producer. Lower left corner, Paul Billingsley. Lord. All day. Everybody knows who the fuck I am. Yeah, everybody knows who Paul Billings is. You just say Paul. Just Paul. It's just Paul. Yeah. And um, and up until five seconds ago, we had Erica. Oh, was Erica. Where'd she go? Oh, oh no way. Well, yeah. she's, she's, then, back. There she's, she's back. back. Oh, oh, Erica's no. back. What's up? And, and she figured up. it out. Nice. Welcome back, Not Erica. the mic, though. Not the mic. She came. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get there. But think about that, Tom. The second you called in, now this is like a real, legit, like, this is like, feels like 2004 all over again. Me, Eming, Tom, Paul, Erica, all in the same place. When is the last nice. time? Nice. And yeah. Anne is watching on Facebook. She's like. Yeah. What's up, Anne? Annie. Yeah. Annie. Why are you not on here, Annie? She's probably getting ready for Street Soldiers. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Her own radio show, which actually. She had the job. She had the job. Huge that audience. pays her. I like this yeah. one. Shout out to Malcolm Marshall. <laughs> We're going to pay you one day. <laughs> Richmond Pulse. I'm, I'm still waiting on my first track. Why are listening to Drake? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. Who's listening to Drake? Who's listening to Drake? <laughs> Is that what they said? It sounded like somebody said, who's listening to Drake? That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I'm well. not listening to Drake. <laughs> Good. You're, you're a real one, Tom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we were just kind of going down memory lane and people were talking about how they came into the office. But so I don't actually don't know your like how you came to PNS story. Tom. Tell us your origin story, Tom. Yeah. Gosh. All right. My origin story. Um, it was 1997. And I just 
had this itch to start doing journalism. And I thought, you know what? I want to write about what life is like on Kate Ashbury um, on the 30th anniversary of the Summer of Love. And so I just kind of went and was like trying to figure out places that I could pitch the article to. Um, And then I went to like the the Chronicle building and they led me to uh, Pacific News Youth Outlook. Oh, then, damn. Uh, go down to them, uh, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah that, that's pretty much it. It's like, actually, where you want to go is right down off Mission Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, you, so yeah I went you, there. you took a wrong turn on Mission. You got to go the other way. And uh, <laughs> so, so I went there, and then I um. Who were you working with? Was it Nell? Was it? Was it was Sam? Nell Bernstein and Andrea Lewis. Nice. And uh, Adam cool. Thompson. Yeah was the one who kind of helped me craft the story at the end. Cool. And then was, uh, I got I, I, I to ask, you know, cause Erica told us about her first story for yo. So how, how did it go? What were you, what did you end up reporting? You were like, Hey, turns out there's still a bunch of kids out here on hate street doing drugs <laughs> 30 years. <later>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, it, it was kind of a mix of both. It was like, kind of like, okay, this is like what you learned in history books, you know, at least, you know, cause I was just, you know, fresh out of high school and stuff. And, you know, like this is what they, they, they kind of romanticized it, you know, and I was like, well, let's go really see what's going on. And, you know, at the time, there were still a lot of hippies that experienced that living in Golden Gate Park. Right. Because it wasn't that long also, ago back then. Right. Right. And, right. and then, you know, you even had like this whole new group of folks that were like neo hippies. Plus, you had like the whole punk scene going on, too. Yeah. And so it was uh, it was definitely like a culture class where it's just kind of like you know this was like you know especially also with the way that that hate ashbury in my opinion that was like the early stages of gentrification because mm-hmm. you know hey used to be a black corner, neighborhood that was the fillmore before the hidden show it was a black neighborhood well well right then they just split it up it was like lower hate and upper hate mm-hmm. lower hate was black hate you know that's right. what they meant. Right. and then hate ashbury became like that's the corner with the gap store you know mm-hmm. and you had your stereotypical ben and jerry's on the other side and yep. so yep. it was it was all about that and like basically how like a lot of the uh, a lot of the folks that had been there for a while were like you know what the, there has there hasn't been much that's changed you know it was not the only thing that's different that from 30 years ago is that you could bathe in golden gate park and now you can't do that oh and yeah so it was. It's very. It was interesting. It was. It was a good experience. And it's that, a good that, pitch. I'm kind of disappointed that the Chronicle didn't take it. But you know, they're a union shop, so they don't like people writing for them if they're not on staff. <laughs> I'm serious, man. They're like, I believe you. Uh, you're only able to get in there on the op-ed page. I've had about 20 clips in the Chronicle. Every single one's on the op-ed page, even if it's reported. You know, because they got they got union. They're damn commies, and it's they got a union. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, Tom, I got to say, those are some very impressive journalistic instincts for a recent high school graduate. It's very Joan Didion of you to want to go down to Hay Street and try to figure out what's going on with the kids. Because I man. My whole, you were probably down there reporting. I was, I must've probably been locked up by then if it was 97, but just if you had gone there just a few months earlier, you would have been able to buy a 0.8 of a gram for uh, $20 from me, you know? So, you know, we could have had a, a nice exchange. It was, yeah, yeah, I never had a quality yeah. problem. I just had a quantity problem. I had to shave off my, mm. any former drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> 
Plus, everybody goes. That. Everybody it's all goes, about that. It's all about that margin, Russell. It's just all a about very that margin. The margin call. That's it. I've been doing. The I fucking call. knew you were going to do that. Since I was selling bags of weed. Well, you know, anybody who's buying weed on Hay Street, you're a tourist. You don't buy weed. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're either 13 years old or you're visiting, you know, uh, from Idaho and you want to go buy weed on Haight Street. I'm, I'm happy to provide people with that service. I like to think I was kind of like working for the tourist board, you know, be like, let me short you on this weed. Welcome to San Francisco. You know, if, if you need some acid or something, give me, call me on the payphone. <laughs> <laughs> hit me on the pager. Yeah, I got a pager. pager if it's major, hit me up. It's my major. Yes. So what, yeah, I mean, what this was is, the pager code for that? Zero five seven. Zero flip five it upside seven. down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, these references, man. We have a lot of young listeners, and they're probably just like, "What the pager code? What the hell? Why didn't you just text?" Y'all don't know about no pager code. You yeah. should have just texted. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, four three was my favorite. Uh, thing to say. <laughs> fuck you, dude. <laughs> it, it just meant fuck you, and we like we didn't have that many things we could say in Pager code, but we figured out how to say fuck you. Three o four. Ho, that's ho. Use that's a ho. Yeah, use a ho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've come a long way since then. I like to think. <laughs> Erica is shaking her head like, "Oh my god, this is why. This is why I used to come home from yo and be like, God damn, how did I end up with these people? <laughs> and evening mm-hmm. is plotting too. Mm-hmm. Because yes, it's true. We, well, you know, we have a long practice. I'm still tradition. with you. <laughs> yeah, still here. Still wondering what years later. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. <laughs> well, more than 16 uh, got, years. Hey, I, I got to cut. I got to get things ready for dinner. But uh, thank good, you for man. having we me We understand. You got happy six one, people. Happy 100th episode. Thank you. Congrats. Amen. Yeah. Hi, Tom. Yeah. Thanks, Bye, Tom. Erica. Thanks for coming good on, man. Again. And congrats to you and the wife again, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's... uh. Yeah, I got five diamonds for five boys. So that's right. Nice, nice. Oh, yep. <laughs> Good to All see right, you. Time Bye. Easy. Take care. We'll see Take you again soon. All right, All right, later. Bye. Bye. Wow, this is a legit ass reunion, guys. I mean, this is like making me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Where the fuck is Charlie? Am I being? I gave him the information. I, te- I feel like it wouldn't be a real yo reunion if somebody wasn't saying where the fuck is Charlie at. <laughs> like that's that's part of it. You gotta like Charlie Bay. You'd be like, I don't know. He said he's gonna be here, you know. And then he shows up at the last minute and then says like the most profound shit, and then the show's over. Right, like oh, no. <laughs> yes, sounds <laughs> right. Just, just like Charlie. wisdom comes. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> did y'all did y'all reach out to Jasmine? Oh, we yeah. have in the past. She didn't come She's, last time. Yeah, that's a good question though because we do need. Here we are, all these old folks sitting around talking about pager code. So we need <laughs> we needed some young people in here. Where's Amelia? Isn't she going to come on? Amelia said she'd be on. Amelia is a brand new contributor. She is uh, she's still in her twenties, guys. So you know, nice. She still got her. Know how you know her? Um, Amelia like actually. Amelia is um, I another kind of random tour on the street person like. I worked with someone at my job who was another and a religious connection who was like a practicing Buddhist. And we were walking on the, down the street in Harlem and she ran into her Buddhist friend and she was like, Oh, Hey, this is Russell. And then she said, Oh wait, aren't you guys both from San Francisco? And Amelia is also from San Francisco. And it turns out her older sister. It's um, Paloma. It's Paloma. Paloma. Yes. Right. That's Paloma. You know, Paloma. You did yeah. yes, 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 yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. Because they you remember Paloma from back in the day. I was like, you better. Yeah, of course, of course, I remember Paloma from back. <laughs> you got a kid sister? Is she cute too? And yes, right. she is. Um, she's also a goddamn genius, and probably going to end up, you know, being president in about I don't know twenty years. Whenever she's legal to be president, that's that's the track she's on. Amelia's a G. Um, and she also, hopefully she does call in because she did an episode with us recently because she does a lot of justice advocacy. Like once I met her, I started to work for this group um, that she worked for, which was called Echoes of Incarceration, which is all young people who have like a parent who's locked up. Right. So they make like art and videos about their experiences as like, you know, young people whose, whose parents are locked up. And her dad was incarcerated and was supposed to be in for life. Um, but he was recently exonerated and released and she came on the show and talked to us about her experience. So we love Amelia. She's one of the new people. I mean, I say new, but she's been around for a couple of years. Oh yeah. Cause her, so we knew her sister, right? Well, we definitely, yes. We know her for a long time, but there's a big gap between them. You know, Paloma is our age. Paloma is like, whatever, you know, probably going on 40 and Amelia, I think is like 25, 26. Oh. Um, but you know, every, I don't have any follow-up questions. I'm just, but she did. Uh, she's from the Fillmore and it's, she's, you know, probably, uh, the most San Francisco, is that the most San Francisco neighborhood you could be from? I don't know. No. But what's the most San Francisco neighborhood you could be from, Paul? I don't know, but I'm from Fillmore, so you can't say that for everybody else. <laughs> 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 can't speak for everybody. That's true. That's true. And point motherfuckers would be like, nah, man. Some people say, you know, it'd probably be like Sunnydale. Like Sunnydale is like the most San Francisco because it's never going to get gentrified. <laughs> Shout out to Sunnydale because Kev had a lot of family lives in Sunnydale. He did have families. Sunnydale has a long, interesting history, man. That's where all the Samoans are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where all the Maltese immigrants went when they came here. Uh, That's not where all the Samoans are. It's one hundred percent rock. One hundred percent of the Samoans. Yeah, are some are in Double Rock. You're right. <laughs> Got a lot of Samoans in Double Rock. It's about That's five true. families in Double Rock. But true. I feel like I did a story where we we went directly to Sunnydale and we talked to like a whole family of Samoans, and that's mm-hmm. how I figured that out. Yeah, I, I went hella places and talked to hella families of Samoans. That's I'm, true. I'm, I'm almost certain. We had like a whole Samoan beat at, at Youth Outlook, basically. You know what I mean? Because we tried. They were hella un- underrepresented. Actually. Oh, it's true, man. It's like, uh, hold up. We have yeah. Ross Robinson. Ross Robinson. Never heard of him. I can put that motherfucker in. Put him in the room. Him put him in the game, coach. <laughs> put understand. him in the game. <laughs> we got a caller. Caller, you want to say uh, <laughs> Well, Welcome to the show, Ross Robinson. Uh, 100th episode of Margin Call. You're on the air. How are you? I am great. How Ross, are you? I'm fantastic. Ross Robinson, you're on with Eming, Erica, and Paul. We're reminiscing. Uh, as we do when we get together. So it's very nice to have a new guest. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're living and, and why you're calling. Uh, let's see. I am a West Oakland native. Okay. Uh, Oakland, Oakland, California. Hey, West Oakland. Hey. Did the Raiders win today? The Raiders, did the Raiders win? <laughs> nope. Uh, 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 yeah, no, I, I don't even know. I play with robots. I don't watch sports. He play, oh, um, there we go. Okay, now we know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but yeah. go, go ahead, Ross. Go ahead. So uh, let's see. I am. Uh, I'm a DJ. I'm a uh, licensed drone pilot. Ooh, um, nice. Uh, generally, a uh, guy who likes to have fun and hang out and not do too much. Nice, nice. So, how how long have you, have you been in West Oakland your whole life? Is that where you grew up? 
Uh, <clears throat> well, actually, and I don't think a lot of people know this. I was I was born in LA. Um, All right. But uh, I came back to West Oakland. My parents are from West Oakland. I came back to West Oakland when I was two, so I don't remember anything but West Oakland. All right, that's fair. That's so, good. You didn't have yeah. any LA memories, so you're pure. You're you're a pure yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, not. I mean, <laughs> you're not tainted. You're not tainted. No, nah, I mean, I've, I've I've been there. I've been there yeah. quite a few times, yeah. but uh, you know, what I'm saying I I couldn't tell you where I was at. Well, so for our listeners who can't see us, I just want people to know uh, that Ross is wearing a T-shirt that says Town Biz. So yes. there's no there's no question about where his loyalties are. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, because we have, I think Paul is in, oh, you've been in Oakland for a long time, right, Paul? Yes. Even though you're a San Francisco guy. And Erica, you've been passing through Oakland your whole life, basically, right? You were in Richmond I'm, for a while. I've been around the Bay. I've been, been around, around the, the Bay. bay. Richmond, Berkeley, Oakland. People. Yeah. Uh, so Ross, I have to ask, are you like a regular listener? Do you have a friend who comes on the show? How did you find out about us? What's what's up? Uh I just got a text from Erica like a minute ago. It's like, hey, jump in this. <laughs> oh, nigga. <laughs> she ain't saying that, nigga. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, all right. Ross, cool. you, you got me. I love that things. answer because I was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, a listener called in. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna tell us. I love this show. I listen every week. And we come to find out, you know, Eric. Well, but anybody, I any mean, friend of Eric, I love it already. There, well, there you go. See, I mean, this Perfect. is we love you. Awesome. We love you too. Bro. We love you too. Okay, no. So I'm gonna tell a story. Okay, so actually, the way he intersects into all of this is. Um, we actually came together to Kev's funeral or his, oh. not his funeral, but like his. The his memorial, yeah. PNS, you know, remembrance. Yeah, the one at Delancey? The one at Delancey. The one at Delancey. Okay, the yeah, one yeah. at Delancey. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, he saw the, the newspaper memoriam and I started telling him all these stories about like, you know, how I used to be a news reporter for this ethnic media press and, you know, so that that was kind of what what piqued nice. his interest into into all of this. So awesome. I asked him to come on and talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. But yeah, well, that's so how Ross I like how you it. left us and him in the dark for a second. Like just didn't yeah. tell us nothing. It's a very it's, it's a very normal. Erica move. That's a very it's Erica move. Why did you say you know the nigga? If you know the nigga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well of course, you know, and she wanted to see me keep vamping and be like, oh shit, right. okay Ross, uh where are you from? Well what are you into? You know, like okay, no no sports. All right, cool. Let's talk about robots. You know like, you know we're talking robots. Are we supposed to know him? Do we no, I was like, fine. We, we're taking everybody. It's on Facebook. Anybody can come in. Yeah. So, so Ross, if you were at the memorial, then you know Kevin West is a very special guy. Has a very special yeah. place in our heart. He was my mentor. Eric. Everybody in this room basically learned from that man, and he informed our worldview. And we argued with him, and we bonded with him. Um, and we argued some more. And then we argued some more. He just, you know, and a made great fun man. of him. And such a great man that when we thought, hey, let's start our own, you know, little news agency, find out how that works. And we were trying to think of a name. We chose Quest On because, you know, his name was Kevin Weston. So K Weston, Quest On. And he uh, that was his dream. He wanted to have a news agency called Quest On. So we figured once we lost him, we're like, hey, what could we do for Kev to honor his memory? Let's keep it going. So that's basically what we're doing here is trying to continue Kev's. 
uh, vision. I'm sure he's looking down from heaven and just shaking his head every time we do something, but we're doing our best. <laughs> oh, he definitely is. He definitely we're is. Doing our, we're doing our I feel it every night. night. Every night I feel <laughs> that, it. That is beautiful. I, I love it. I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think I may have gotten to meet Kevin one time before he passed, but like the, the outpouring of support when I went to his memorial service, man, like I, I really, I really felt the impact he left on so many people, man. Like it, it was beautiful, you know, like I, so I think what you guys are doing right now is, is awesome. Uh, like Kevin will be proud. You great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of Oakland people, God, Kev was very, very Oakland. I mean, he, I don't don't think he ever spoke a sentence that didn't have the word. I used to be hating though, because he went to Pinot High. Kevin went to Pinot High. He went to Pinot High. And he was also born, speaking of, speaking of the Mo, Kev was born at Kaiser in Fillmore and lived in the Mo from. Yeah, Kev's in Fillmore too. From when he was born, he still go to church out there. I think. Yeah, he still went to church out there. Very strong ties, which you know we used to mm-hmm. get at him about it, um, especially when he would. I mean, my God, the amount of times he talked about it. He was on to something because Oakland's pretty tight. Even as a San Francisco person, I used to not be able to say things like that. But Oakland is a is a magical place, man, and, and it feels like they're really holding it down for the Bay now that San Francisco is falling the hell apart. <laughs> Who knows what's going on out there, man? Oh, man, we we trying, bro. We trying. And Oakland too. We're losing, right? we're losing color too over here. If, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a conversation earlier on the show, Ross, about um, you know, because me and Paul were both in uh, youth guidance center. We were both in uh, juvenile hall around the same time, and then we were in the same group home around the same time. And so we, you know, have our respective criminal justice backgrounds. And we were like, damn, you know, they closed Youth Guidance Center. San Francisco doesn't have a juvenile hall anymore. And they just closed 850. San Francisco doesn't have a, a county jail. Oh, wow. And that's a big deal, right? That's the kind of thing that, you know, we're all, you know, kind of progressive people who are paying close attention to the criminal justice system and, and looking for change. So we're very happy to hear that. But at the same time, my counterbalance was they were able to close down juvenile hall and the county jails because the population was so low. And the reason the population was so low is because everybody who was poor or black or brown can't afford to live in San Francisco anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, right. You only have rich people in your city. They don't lock up rich people. So what are you going to do with your jail? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Maybe Twitter's new headquarters will be, you know, what you Salesforce do. is about to be the sales for the new Salesforce office. Yeah, probably. Right. probably. That's where they're going to put all the, that's where they, they're going to put all the tech support, all the people who have to do all the uh, quality just, control and watch all just, those crazy videos. They'll put them in the cells. The same cell that I was in at 850 Brian is going to have a guy in there taking phone yeah. calls and, you know, reviewing footage to see if it's safe for the internet. Um, so and how, we'll, go ahead, Ross. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel I feel a certain type of way about that also because you know <clears throat> when we get rid of our local facilities to handle uh the justice system, we also kind of lose a little bit of the element of uh, hey, I've been there, you know, which is which is you know, it, it's I mean it's tough to have a jail in the middle of San Francisco right in downtown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it sucks to have juvenile hall in, in the East Bay you know, out there, like right in East Oakland. But, but with that, you kind of have access to people who are from the community and like, you know, what are, where are we going to send these, send these folks to, uh, you know, we're going to send them Santa Rita. We're going to send them to Folsom where, where they're out in an area where no one is from their area. No one understands the story. So like, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, 
That's true. But I mean, that is what happened, though. That's that's really what we were just talking about. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. locked all the fucking kids up for hell long. They start sending them to YA and Folsom, New Folsom, Old Folsom, Pelican yeah. Bay. They start sending these kids there. There ain't no other fucking kids in the goddamn... Yeah, you don't need a juvenile hall because all the kids who got caught doing something a couple of years ago... They got shipped up. up to the fucking yeah. adult prison. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, and where, where are the programs to take these youth that need guidance and, uh, you know, need someone who works in their area because they're from that area. Yeah. Like, how right. do we have that But I do know back? one organization in San Francisco, Project Level, I don't know if y'all heard it, but shout out to Project know. Level. I don't know Project Level. Please share. Uh, Big Rich, the, uh, he used to be a rapper. Oh, yeah, Fuma, yeah. Right? We filmed, a, I filmed a couple of his uh, performances, I think, for Yo! TV. But, well, uh, I mean, him and his wife started an organization to try to help people, you know, build media skills. Good. So shooting video, uh, doing blogs, whatever, journalism, uh, rapping, uh, everything. That's, that's what I mean. heard. That's not like their technical spiel, but that's what I heard. I mean, that's also continuing Kev's mission. Like Kev was like, all right, like, let me get your gun. Here's a camera. Basically, that was and dude, you know And dude's I mean? solid. Dude's solid. Dude's solid. Big rich. I believe solid. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is in a lot of ways uh, promising because all of this stuff is stuff that needs to be taken care of kind of by our communities anyway, right? It's like if there's a kid who's having a hard time, like the people in his neighborhood or the people in his family or the people who know what he needs, you don't need to pull him right. out of there and put him in a cesspool. But in defense of Youth Guidance Center, and Paul, you and I were both there, so you know, there was some credence to that place because think about the Omega Boys Club, you know? Yeah, and more so than that, some of the counselors... A couple of them were cool. Whereas, Paris, like, I like we're Paris. really worried about Paris. you, right? I can still list the names. I mean, and God, like, I was, oh, I've right. been there 25 years, but I still remember Coogler? the names. Coogler? Remember Mr. There. Coogler? I remember Coogler. What about Diesel? All right. We're not going to reminisce about you, Juvenile you Hall anymore. You know who Coogler is, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, Russell, I mean, I was going to say, you, is, right? you, you said the you name Coogler. Yeah. Coogler is the director of Black Panthers. Wait, but what is his connection to YGC? His daddy used to work at YGC, Mr. Coogler, nigga. No. Yes, motherfucker uh. with the gray hair and the wings. <laughs> the wow. Whole, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was cool. He used to talk wow. about his kids all the time. That's, that's his dad? His and dad. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, he'd be talking about his daddy and shit. I'm like, but I, we knew your daddy. He, well, your daddy you was a daddy to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy, he was like about, he was like seven feet tall and he used to smoke cigarettes. No, no, he was hella fat. He was hella big, oh. cool back in the day. He might have lost weight now. He was hella big and he was short. He was wow, like five really. seven, maybe five well, eight. It really is a connection because I yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, watched, I watched Black Panther. He had the baby the kids too. After you know, after Chadwick Boseman died, I was like, I got to go back and watch Black Panther. And um, I was like, bro, this is so this is so bay. This movie is such a bay movie. Like I know that my from Oakland. Well, I, I mean, not just the fact that it's in Oakland, that, like those scenes. Are no, the director from Oakland. No, I know, I know, I know. He's the, he did Fruitvale, right? Isn't that how he right. Yeah. Right. Uh, he did Fruitvale Station. I just had like that vibe, like that whole like Afrofuturism, like combining all the radical politics of the Black Panthers with, you know, this like visionary movement and music. Just everything about it just felt very Bay right. to me. But I think that's a Bay thing to say. Anytime you see some great art, you're like, oh, this is Bay. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's real because so we we and Eric and I went and actually saw the premiere at the Grand Lake. Wow! And Ryan Coogler came out and he said, "Hey, look, this is a Marvel Marvel movie. This is a big project for me, but, but I for sure, but I for sure put 
I put some town shit in here yeah. because yeah. y'all know where I'm from. Y'all know where I love, you know what I'm saying? And like that whole, that whole, hey, auntie part, like, oh, hey, yeah. auntie. Yep. Like that was yep. some town shit. Exactly. That was some real town shit. And he put that in there just for us, you know what I'm saying? Just so people who are watching would know. Yes, he has not yeah. strayed far from the bay. Yeah, well, that's, that's a fantastic connection. Now I'm going to tell everybody that. Did you know Ryan Cooper's dad used to work at YGC? <laughs> well, and was that cool, too? Like, he's managing doing, like, physical training and, and You know what? I thought Fruitvale Station was a good movie, too. I was kind of I did, too. For, I yeah. thought it was going to be a little corny. I was like, uh, kind of nervous about I forgot it. his short. He did a short when he was in film school. I forgot the name of it. He shot it in North Oakland, though. I rolled past him when me and Charlie rolled past him when he was shooting shit. Talented it was guy about man. a cop and a gun, a youngster yeah. cop and a gun. Well, there's another, speaking of like from Bay Area filmmakers, the guy who did um, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, he came to the office. He came to Pacific News Service and he met Kev. And Josue <laughs> told me he'd been You got the Rona blood? I may, I might. I'm, I'm quarantining, so don't worry. You can't catch, you can't catch it over Zoom. I had, a, I had a meeting with the president last week, so we'll, we'll see. Oh, no. He was no. like, he's like, take off that mask. Don't be a bitch. I was like, okay, sir. Sorry, I took the mask off. So we'll, you let we'll him cough in your mouth. I, I was embarrassed, man. You know, I was, <laughs> what can I say? So Ross, I have a couple of questions for you since you're here, and I'm very excited. Yes, to sir. One. I'm very curious about how I know how San Francisco has changed because I go there all the time. My family is there. My friends are there. And I see, you know, I see the changes. Right. And Oakland is a very special place to me. I spent a lot of time there, but I don't go there very often now. I'm curious as someone whose whole all formative years have been spent in West Oakland. Like what is really going on on the ground in West Oakland? Like how has it changed? Good ways, bad ways. Like what what does it look like? Okay. well, let's see. Um, so I grew up on a block that is on a ma- on a major street, um, kind of in between turfs. So where, where, where? Uh, I'm right next to the Fernry Park, which has always been kind of like a neutral area, kind of like a, a place for, yeah, between 18th and 16th. Okay. And that's always been kind of a neutral area for folks to kind of show up and, and hang with family. And there's not not been too much uh, too much violence drama over here. But the surrounding she not got hide from over there. Matter of fact, yeah, yeah, that's my sis. Yeah, it's good. And then my cousin, them used to live across the street. Za crazy ass. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I worked at the pool at the firmary, so I probably know all them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. But in the last few years, because the the little pocket that I live in has has always been um, a little more chill than the rest of the West, because at, at a certain point, you know, the West was a little wild. But uh, as as have other neighborhoods, you know, I'm saying it's nothing, nothing different than anywhere else in in uh, in Oakland or in the rest of Black America, you know what I'm saying? It, it's been, and flows. You know what I'm saying? It's been the, it's been the same thing. But uh, now, um, because there are uh, quite a few houses in, in the few blocks that I live around that are have been owned by uh, kind of elderly folks, folks who have held on to their, their houses for a couple of generations. There's a lot of folks that are, that have moved on their, their children have moved out of the West. So they're, they're selling their parents' homes. And it's, and it's definitely different than uh, like in the nineties when all the crack babies sold their houses for shit, 
You know what I'm saying? Like these folks are coming up and they're and they're they're moving their parents, their their parents' assets into their own pockets, and it's great. The I wouldn't say it's a downside, but the the side effect of that is that there's a lot of folks that are moving into my neighborhood that um, don't understand the legacy. They they want to create their own kind of um, you know they want to create their home you know and I, and I understand it but like you know I have a I have an uncle who lives in the Baldwin Hills and um, you know if, if anybody doesn't know about the Baldwin Hills the Baldwin Hills has always been it's Black Beverly uh, Hills right it's Black Beverly Hills yes. you know and you know a couple of years ago there was a quite quite a few folks that had moved into that neighborhood and oh they they started a, a neighborhood association. But it's like, hey, nigga, we already got one here, bro. Like, like, yo, talk to your fucking neighbors, bro. Don't move into yours. Yeah, you know, don't don't move to a neighborhood and then expect that nothing is happening. You know, but like, if you look at your, you know, you look at some of your neighbors' houses and you talk to folks, it's like anybody who's not eighty years old is actually working on their shit and like, you know, maintaining their house. Like, you know, you can't expect elderly people to show up to community meetings and, and have their, their yard done all the time. But if you look at the, 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 the younger folks who are still here, like we're, we're, we're doing it. We're making, we're making sure that our neighborhood is taken care of. Like we're, we're continuing the legacy that our parents have put forth before us. And uh, it's, it's kind of hard to navigate with folks who move here and they're scared. And that's the that's the the crazy part to me is like you move to a neighborhood and you you're you're afraid of the people that are here and you don't talk to your neighbors. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And that's not everybody. Like I I have quite a few neighbors who have moved here, um, black and white from or and Asian and 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 Latino, like all, all types of folks who have moved to my neighborhood. But like the the one thing that i really value about my block is everybody kind of talks to each other we have all you know we've all exchanged numbers we all talk to each other we all make sure like when when the whole pandemic thing went down and then george floyd happened and there was people marching down because like adeline a block away from us is like you know people walk through there because it's a major street when when that was happening and they were you know folks were acting wild downtown all the neighbors were texting each other like hey Look, if we got to put the cars at the end of the block, we're going to do it. We'll all stand out there all night if we got to. And it, and it was dope to have that sense of community with folks, especially folks who haven't, uh, who, who didn't grow up here, who, who are new here to the, to the neighborhood. But they recognize that, like, this is already a community. There is already a culture here. Let's add to the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally have. You know, out of the the twenty houses on my block, or twenty or thirty houses on my block, I have two neighbors that aren't with it. You know, one of one of the one of the neighbors is is some white folks that moved in maybe six seven years ago, and they're just they stand off, they're standoffish, and their their attitude is a little wild. And then you know, we got one one nigga on the block, like real real nigga, like it's bad. But you know, aside from them, everybody else is is like it's community. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, and I, I really and I feel good about it. The, the like spectrum and texture of like describing a changing community, because I think when we hear stories about, you know, quote unquote gentrification or we hear stories about changing neighborhoods, it's very binary. It's very much like, oh, 
the people who used to be here are good and the people who just got here are bad. And it feels very like make America great again. Like, you know, make, make what's open right. great again. And there's like, and this is a lot of the nuance of like, you know, some new people are tight. Some of the old people were whack. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, it takes a lot to build a community. So I, I mean, I appreciate your nuance on that. Cause it's, it's very yeah. true to a lot of the narratives that we have about changing communities um, throughout the Bay area. You know, I, as you know, I'm a San Francisco native and I've watched a lot of things change and I don't want to be one of those people that's like, Oh, everything was perfect in the nineties, you know, cause it wasn't. <laughs> You know what I mean? No. Like it just wasn't, and um, and I'm not going to say everything's terrible now because it's not. You know, new people it's are not. great. Like Dude, I always I'm amazed people. People in San Francisco are like, "Oh, we don't want any new people." You know, I was like, but they're the same ones who were like, "Oh, support immigrant rights." I'm like, bro, right. you, if you like new people and you support new people, like there's all kinds of different kinds of new people. There's there's rich right. new people, there's poor new right. people, there's white new people, there's people who came from another country. Like we have to figure out a way to accommodate people. You know, well, well, and and like all the new, like all the like downtown Oakland, all the all the nightlife, all the new bars and and clubs and restaurants and stuff. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it's uh it's it's dope when there's like a there's a a fifty year old shoe store that has been there for fifty years, but like the landlord wants to raise the rent, and they're like, yeah, you know what? We've been in at it for fifty years. We're out. And then yeah. a new a new restaurant or a bar comes in, and the owners and the staff are like, hey, we're happy to be here welcome oh you're from the neighborhood oh hey you know have a shot with us like you know what i'm saying like i, I appreciate that stuff you know what i'm saying like there it everybody who has come to the bay in the last few years is not pretentious you yeah. know what i'm saying there are a lot of folks that are just like i got money i don't care i don't care you know yeah. but there's a lot of folks who are like hey you know what i came here i fell in love this is what I've done. I've, I've figured out that like, I could, I could open a new spot and I'm going to shoot my shot. Yeah. Add I'm something. all for that. You know I'm I mean? all like, for that. You're going to add to my neighborhood. It's good. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Ross, yeah. I got to say, this was a very pleasant surprise. I'm glad that Eric didn't give us a full context because for one, because it was hilarious. And then two, um, you know, because this has been just a very for this. These are the kind of conversations we have, you know, very unconventional narratives around the news uh, of the day. So I appreciate it, Ross. And I have to say, uh, we would love to have you back on the show for a much longer conversation about changing communities in Oakland. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Anytime. Just let me know, man. <laughs> thanks for coming on ross i appreciate it i'm not kicking you All off right, for sure i'm just checking in with other people because we are nearing the end of the show paul you hung in with us you asked all the right questions about who knew who in the middle of ross's uh story wait you do you know what's the name what about what's the name oh yeah that's what's the name sister and that that's why paul is here because paul knows everybody okay and, and paul is willing to disrupt any narrative to get his question in that's why he's a good journalist um but yeah i i i want to take a minute first of all ross i don't know if you know but this is the reason we're doing a call-in show is because this is our 100th episode awesome yeah so we've been doing this for a while and we it's a labor of love you know we're not making any money yet but we're working on it and like i said at the top of the show we're doing it to honor kev's legacy and this newsroom that that made us you know like me paul erica eming We've been friends for 20 plus years. You know what I mean? Like we're a very diverse group of people in every possible way from different parts of the Bay, from different backgrounds and different interests. And 
we got brought together by this magical place that wanted that encouraged young people to tell their stories. So we're trying to keep that going. And I, I'm happy to welcome you to the group, Ross. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, sir. Thank cool. you. Uh, Eming, do we have any burning desires? Is anybody banging on the door to get in and, and say one last thing before we get out of here? Or should we wrap it up? Uh, I don't think so, unless someone in the comments wants to pop in. Uh, Latifa was on for a minute. I don't know oh, if she's nice. still there. Nice. Uh, Tom well, was know, on again for a minute. I don't know if he's still there. What you're supposed to say, Eming, is, oh, my God, we've got 100 people waiting to get in. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're out of time. This is our second live. So I'm sorry, I haven't figured out all the minute things I need to yeah, yeah, yeah. code Let's words see. I need to say to you. When in doubt, lie. Okay, that's, when that's in my doubt. Doubt, yes, We have so many people who are dying to come on. Uh, Absolutely my, yeah. dying. My apologies to everybody who's waiting to get in to get on this episode. <laughs> we, we only have so much time to bring people in. Um, but I couldn't I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate our 100th episode because we got a chance to welcome some real alumni. Eming is here as always. Erica popped in. Paul was the first person on. Tom came through for five minutes to say what's up and tell us. I never even heard that hate Ashbury story before. He popped in to reminisce. I did. It's it's always one. I'm sure you did, Paul. It's always <laughs> it's great to see you guys, but it's just we're never together like this. So it's great. And then of course we welcome a new person. We welcome Ross, somebody we never met before, who obviously just slides right on in there. And now, right, but next time, blood, say something, blood. Don't let no nigga just. And we we were like, do we supposed to know the nigga? Yeah, no. Me, it was cool. I thought know? it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it was a nice surprise, Paul. It was a nice surprise. That's what the surprise is like. That's what surprises. Oh, welcome to the show, stranger. Uh, I think uh, you're a long-time listener. Uh, hey, Russell us. on his good behavior for two yeah. seconds. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't know shit. Erica told me to call. I was like, that was great. He's like, I never heard of y'all. <laughs> Um, so yes uh, I I just I want to thank everybody for being here thanks again to Tom Paul you were the first person to call in Erica it's I'm glad you got your camera fixed it's always nice to see your face Um, big big shout out to Ross for coming in and like he basically made a show out of it up until Ross showed up we were like oh remember that time oh remember that time you know that's a show in a way but all of a sudden Ross shows up and we're having a really textured conversation about changing communities. I mean, come on, man. This is what we do. Right, Eming? We follow the tangents until oh, we yes. get to the news. We love tangents at Margin Call. We're all about tangents. Nothing but tangents. <laughs> all right. Well, all of the tell, tangents. I can tell you're being a little bit sarcastic. I'm least. not. <laughs> um, but sometimes the, the 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 road to the news is paved by... Uh, arbitrary storytelling. Banter. Yes, there you go. There you go. Banter. Banter. That's what we like, banter. Um, So thanks to all you guys for being on here. My heart is very full. Thank you to our listeners. Um, You've been sticking with us. You're the reason that we still do this. we got 100 episodes. Our followers and listeners are growing every week. Thanks to everybody who's listening right now. A very, very special shout out to our favorite person, our producer, the person who keeps us sounding good every week and manages to tolerate me and all of my antics um, and keep us sounding good. Eming Piancai, our producer. This Ming one, 100th episode would not have been possible without you. Thank you. Special shout out. Um, thanks to everybody for being on. Thanks to our listeners. Until next time, quest on, everybody. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.